Hi, hello, and welcome to the Aligned Sisters podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Alexis. And today we have Steph. She is a yoga instructor, functional nutritionist, and what was the last one? A women's pleasure coach? A pleasure coach. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time. And yeah, give us like a little trailer to what you are and how you help women. Yeah, thank you. And thank you both so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with y'all. So as Alexa said, I I am a yoga teacher, a functional nutritionist. Um, I teach how to eat for your hormonal cycle for women. Um, And I am a pleasure coach. I like to teach on um, what I call flow ductivity. So kind of syncing your productivity with your cycle and really how to live in best in alignment with your innate cycle. Um, So I am a 500-hour registered yoga teacher. I have training both in vinyasa-style yoga as well as trauma-informed yoga. Um, And my style, as far as my teaching, is really embodied movement. So, um, you know, I say chair pose and you say what, you know, it can look like so many different things. Um, So it's really an explorative type of yoga. Um, I'm also a certified functional nutritionist. As I mentioned, I specialize in cycle syncing with food. So I really use food and I've created a regimen based on the micro and macronutrients of food to really support your four different phases of your menstrual cycle. So there's uh, different thing, different hormones and different nutrients that we are in excess of or depletion of during each of the four phases. And I love to support women in using food to find balance in their hormones. Uh, I also specialize in yoni care um, and pelvic floor health. Uh, I use a lot of different modalities there, yoni steams, yoni eggs. I use a cervix wand um, and do a lot of work with strengthening what I believe to be is the true core of the woman, which is our pelvic floor. Um, and all in all, I really um, feel passionate about helping badass, ambitious women transition off of birth control and regulate their hormones naturally, um, establishing a deeper connection with their bodies and innate cycles through the use of, as we said, yoga, nutrition, and pleasure so that they can achieve their dreams really while avoiding burnout. I love that. That's so cool. Yes. Erica and I. Yeah. We've been like, like we're so in sync about it. (laughs) We're so stoked about it. (laughs) Yeah. This is like, this is the kind of stuff I'm just really passionate about learning about. And I feel like it's kind of almost shocking that more people don't know about their cycle and we're not taught this and not told this. It seems like, how could I not know what I'm living in my whole life? You know, like I need to learn how to work with this being so really really cool stuff totally and just as you said bringing so much awareness to what we were never taught I mean I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many you know women in their 30s can't name the four four phases of their cycle you know we know menstruation for sure oftentimes um I guess for me in my experience what I've seen is it depends like as you get a little older uh, maybe into your 30s you know about ovulation maybe as like fertility 
mm-hmm. um, is a in, of interest to you. Um, then you learn about ovulation, but most, you know, women don't know the four phases and we're not taught about it. We really are just taught how to hide menstruation and hide it well. Right. So like what, what of these like bleach dip tampons to stick into your body so that nobody knows that you're bleeding Um, and how to keep it secretive and tucked into a purse and, you know, um, it's gross and it's disgusting. And then to be put on birth control so we hush the four phases. The four phases never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really, um, it, the more of this work that I do, the more that I learn what an issue this has created in society. And I really believe that this is a superpower for all yeah. bleeding people. You know, it's such a superpower to connect with these phases. It's like this, it's like the seasons outside. You know, what if we only had winter all year long? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, just that's not how not how it could work. Like, it's so so wild. Yeah, I think we need to like come back to like finding more of that. Like, knowledge is power within this, and like sharing that with others. Um, how did you get involved in? hormones like what was your journey because I know for Erica and I we've kind of always been interested I know um for myself I've not been on birth control that much because I knew like intuitively for me it didn't feel right um like it actually made me feel worse being on a birth control um what was your journey like and why did you become so passionate about hormones yeah thanks for asking so Although I do come from an academic background, um, my true calling really arrived in this through a personal challenge of my own. Um, I was on oral contraceptives for 10 years and I started at 16. I was not even sexually active until I was 19. So I think on the site of my very first pimple, I was like, okay, put me on birth control. I heard it, it gets rid of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I suppress, also have, suppress, suppress, suppress. That's exactly right. And so, and I also have an older brother, two years older than me, um, who was quite, uh, we'll call it promiscuous. Um, and so that was really my model for how do women move through this world? And what I was, what I observed through his behavior with women is the woman's place is to provide pleasure and at all costs to avoid pregnancy so that there's no accountability or responsibility on part of the man. Um, and that was just my own personal observations. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on birth control. I was on it for 10 years. Um, you know, it, it gave me a reliable like week that I was bleeding. So I could kind of just know when that was going to happen and avoid whatever I needed to avoid at that time. Um, ultimately even the taking, you know, the sugar pills, I was like, forget this. If I can skip it and never bleed, then why would I bleed? You know, I mean, we're, like we said, we're never even taught why we bleed or what the importance is. And furthermore, our society really conditions us to believe that it's not important unless you want to get pregnant, which is Mm -hmm. the opposite of what most people who are taking oral contraceptives want. So uh, that was for about 10 years. I took the oral contraceptives and then out came this amazing invention called the IUD (laughs) and um, the intrauterine device. And this stops your cycle altogether. So I don't even have to remember to take pills every day. 
Did you do um, the IUD, like the one with the hormones or the I copper? I, okay. I did the Mirena with the hormones. Um, and so I did not bleed at all. And prior yeah. to getting the IUD, they have to insert it while you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got off of the birth control and I waited and I waited and I waited and my blood never came. And so my doctors ran all sorts of tests. We did like pelvic ultrasounds and blood labs and, you know, all sorts of tests. We waited a while, never came. And then I was given a pill essentially to induce my blood, which it then came. And so when, when we saw that the pill helped to induce that bleeding, that's when we realized, okay, there's something going on here. And I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and PCOS. Um, which are lots of different, lots of cysts on the ovaries and it stops the follicle from growing and falling, stops your, your cycle altogether. And from being on the oral contraceptives for 10 years and taking the sugar pills, I was, I had a false period. There's no way to track it if the pills are controlling what's going on. And so at that point, you know, I, I I will never forget the day my female doctor looked at me and I said, well, should we address this? You know, like, so I, I've got these, oh, these cysts and like, I'm not bleeding at me. And yeah. Like, what female, are we going to do? <laughs> right. And she looked me in the eye and said, listen, do you want your period or not? And I just, I felt so small in that moment. And it was another woman saying this to me. And she said, we can address this when you're ready to get pregnant. And I mm-hmm. thought, I mean, okay, I guess I don't need to address this right now. You're right. I, I mean, I've, I've been taught that the menstruation is only important if you want to get pregnant. I don't want to get pregnant. And so, sure, let's, let's put this thing in me. Let's put this IUD in and we can just, you know, kind of shove this under a, the mat for another four to five years. Yeah, it's um, not something that you have to like think about or deal with. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. It's out of sight, out of mind, yeah. really, is, is kind of the nature that I have seen in our, in at least Western medicine, um, as far as, as menstruation goes. And so I put the IUD in and about three and a half years, four years into having that. So now I'm about 14 years on birth control. I developed a large cyst in my wrist and it was very painful and it stopped me from doing any weight bearing exercise. And for somebody who teaches down dog and chachudanga for a living, it was very debilitating to not be able to put any weight on my hands. And I didn't know that I really trusted my doctors because it felt that Western medicine doesn't support me in healing anything. It gives me band-aids to keep me dependent on Western medicine mm-hmm. forever for as long as I can, as I can see. So I looked up online, you know, like what are some like herbal supplements that I could take for the system, my wrist. And as I'm, I'm digging through Google and doing, you know, you can get real crazy with the self-diagnosis stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I take that all at surface level. And I found something really interesting. I found this supplement that was some tree sap from a tree in India. So it was an Ayurvedic herb mm-hmm. to help with inflammation, specifically with cysts. 
And when I looked up the supplement in greater detail, this, this webpage came up and it said the top three uses for the supplement are diabetes, something, and then PCOS. And I was like, oh my God, these cysts are connected. Like I can put an IUD in and kind of shut up the symptoms from the PCOS on my ovaries, but now it's popping up in other places of my body mm-hmm. and there's a thread tying this together. And, um, for a very long time, I knew that one of the side effects of PCOS is insulin resistance. So it shows up similar to diabetes. Um, and my doctor's again, offered another Band-Aid to put me on metformin, which is medication that's taken for diabetes. And I, um, you know, have suffered from disordered eating in my past. And because of this, because I've been insulin resistant, it didn't matter how many diets in the world I tried. I wasn't going to lose the weight until I stopped eating sugar. And for those of you that like sweets, that's like inconceivable. Like there's no way I can't do that. (laughs) And so, but I thought, you know, but then metformin, this is a skinny pill. And for someone who's, who's recovering disordered eating, you'll take what you can get so that you can get the achievement that you want in your head. Absolutely. And you Mm -hmm. can't offer me a pill that will make me skinny. So, and, and once you take it, you have to take it forever because once you get Mm -hmm. off of it, it's a band aid. It's It's not a cure. So I knew that night that I needed to stop eating sugar. And I did. That was the last straw for me because I couldn't even participate in my passion, which is yoga, which is moving my body. And so, um, that's when I started really deep diving and it's kind of a funny story because my roommate was on a Tinder date with this guy who came over, she was cooking him dinner and he happened to be sitting next to somebody else on public transportation on his way over who was reading the book woman code by Elisa VT, which is mm-hmm. like my Bible. Um, and she, uh, really, she's really the like inventor of cycle syncing, um, that, that method, um, she has her own designed method that I, And when I was kind of just starting to come out and tell, I was came out to the kitchen to tell my roommate, oh my gosh, look at this herb that I've just found and I need to stop eating sugar. And this is what's going on. And this guy she's on a Tinder date with is like, (laughs) have you heard of this book, Woman Code? I'm like, no. And how do you know about it? You know, so. Uh, um, That's like a true sign. Oh, and yeah, that that's the like only the universe they... is working in mysterious ways for sure. So for sure. And they, they didn't even work out. You know, it was like both yeah. to this day say he came over just to tell me about the book, which oh, yeah. uh-huh. changed the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so I read the book. I, with my background in nutrition, decided to really dive into the food piece of it. And so that's when I began to research um, what's going on in my body with the, the fluctuations and uh, throughout the different phases and the hormones mm-hmm. and how can I support them, you know, with what grows naturally food is medicine, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that that type of medicine will heal. It won't cover up what's going on and, you know, dis-ease. That's what was going on in my body. There was a lack of ease in my body. And mm-hmm. I, I have, my biggest resource has been food. 
um, to, to heal. And so I began, um, you know, kind of creating that method through food and implementing it myself. And each phase I was switching up the foods I was eating. Um, and about four months after I started doing that for myself, it was my 30th birthday. And I went to my doctor and said, I need you to take this IUD out of my body. And she, she said, no, you don't want to do that. Like your, your facial hair is going to grow back and your acne is going to grow back and you're going to gain the weight and all of these things are going to happen. And I said, okay, good. Then I can address them. I'll wax, I'll get a facial. Like (laughs) I started this 14 years ago because I had pimples. Like if they're going to come back now, what do I do at the point that I'm ready to get pregnant? Then I'm going to be dealing with growing a human inside of me and facial hair and pimples. Like let's, (laughs) let's start to, to take care of some of this stuff. What a, what a look. We gotta, we gotta just start getting some of this done. And so, um, that I think that's like so true that like, there's like so many like scare tactics behind like getting off medication, like not even just birth control, but medication in general. And I think mm-hmm. that's why people feel so disempowered with where they are because they don't know that like, Hey, like you can change like your diet or your lifestyle yeah. or other aspects. And that can have like a bigger, if not like can fix like what you're going through. And I think that's like part of like, just like, we don't know. It's just like Western medicine. Like the doctors are telling us, well, you want to be on this. And then they tell you like, oh, it'll be bad if you don't stay on this. And yeah. And then you're just like in this like cycle where you can't get off. And and just like you said, what they won't tell you is why they're recommending this medication, what the medication is doing and what ways you can address that naturally. Right. Yeah. So I, I have clients who suffer from various different, you know, period abnormalities and period problems, I call them. Um, and, you know, I, I was speaking to one just last week and, and she said to me like, yeah, and I just, I suffer with these like really, really heavy periods that I get like anemic during the week. I'm so low in energy mm-hmm. and my do- my doctor wants to put me on birth control and me and my husband are trying to get pregnant. So I don't want to go on birth control. And it's like, well, what is it about the birth control that's going to help? Have you test, have you done hormone testing? Have you seen where your levels of progesterone and estrogen and testosterone are? Because then, you know, it's the same thing with the pimples. When I see a pimple on my face, I'm like, oh, let me check out my liver because your skin is your last level of elimination. So you have your large, you have your, your large intestine, right? Your liver and then your skin. So if your skin is backed up, go a layer deeper. Mm-hmm. But if you put a pill, this is the crazy thing. Then you take a pill to try and cover up the skin and your liver is what processes the pill. So if your liver is already backed up and then you're giving it another thing to try and process, I mean, it's just exacerbating it. And then you're just stuck like that forever in that sense, if you're just going to stay on that road, but absolutely. Yeah. Will you tell us more about each cycle? Because I know Eric and I kind of have an idea, but for people that aren't familiar with like a woman's cycle, what does like that look like and how can you support yourself in each of those like phases? Yeah. So, um, there, so just uh, the menstrual cycle, uh, is counted from the first I count it from day one that you start bleeding 
Um, and it, it can occur about 21 to 35 days, um, last anywhere from two to seven days, generally speaking. Um, every buddy's cycle is different. Every body is different. Everybody's cycle is different. So we have four phases. We have, um, I count the menstruation as the first day or first phase, which is about three to five days. Um, following that is your follicular phase, which um, I consider to be your internal spring. So if menstruation is your winter, then follicular is your spring. That's when the follicles start to grow. Um, and then after that, you have ovulation, which I think is your summer. It's my personal favorite, as I've shared with you. I just love the sunshine and summertime. Um, that's about seven to 10 days. And then you have, I'm sorry, three to five days, follicular seven to 10 days. And then you have your luteal phase, which is your fall. So if you imagine that's where things kind of start to die and fall off so that we can, um, decompose them over our winter. Um, and so your luteal is about 10 to 14 days. That's the longest phase of your cycle. Um, and in, in each phase, there's so many different fluctuations, um, in our hormones going on there. And that's why we experience, you know, for me, I'd break out when I'm ovulating. Um, when I have that excess estrogen, a lot of people begin to break out during their luteal phase, um, when their progesterone levels are changing. Um, so a regular cycle is, it's hard to say because it's normal is what's normal for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, what I consider to be regular is about the same length every month. Um, your period might be light or heavy, hopefully consistent one or the other painful or pain-free, hopefully consistent one way or the other. And all of that can be considered normal. So it's when one, one is really, really painful and the next is pain-free and one of them is 10 days long and the other one is two days long, or you go two months without it. That's what I would call an irregular cycle. Mm -hmm. um, every symptom is a signal, which is why um, birth control, I, I just call it a band-aid because it's covering up what's actually happening. So if you have painful periods that might indicate stagnation, right, where we need to be doing more to support the blood flow, sometimes with yoga, with opening up the hips, sometimes it's with dark leafy greens to help kind of scrape the system and just kind of get stuff, excuse me, moving through your body. Um, and so it's, it's basically living those four seasons within your cycle, which again, the length of time and the specific experiences of that cycle is really different for, mm -hmm. for every bleeding person. Yeah. I think it's like learning about yourself and being okay with like, you are a bio individual and like, investigating that for you versus like, I think we do a lot of the comparison game where it's like, like, Oh, well this person like takes like this. So I should be doing that. Or this person eats this. So I should be eating that. And it's like, yeah, well that person isn't you. And so it's going to affect you differently than it's going to affect them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's like my biggest thing too. It's like being okay with being who you are and investigating that. Absolutely. And that's why I do 
kind of call this work feminine empowerment because it is taking your power back through knowledge. When we don't have knowledge of even that normal is what's normal for you, all we're left with is comparison because how do we know us from the next person if we weren't even taught like, what is this white sticky stuff in my underwear? Does this happen to someone else? Because I never learned about it, you know? And so yeah. looking at that, this, the cervical fluid mucus, like looking at yeah. what's coming out of your body, noticing what you smell like, like noticing what goes on with your skin, your mood, your sex drive, like your dryness or wetness, like in your vagina, when you are sexually aroused, you know, like all of those things are directly affected by your hormones and because we're not taught where our power is taken away and all we're left with is our doctors who who essentially tell us that none of it matters until we're ready to get pregnant which is so far from the truth yeah. it's so yeah. far from the truth we are so much more as amazing as the blessing of creating life inside of us is and as excited as I am to one day do that I am so much more than that and it having the knowledge of your own individual unique cycle and flow gives you so much power to design your life around that because i don't know about you but like i don't want to wear wear jeans 28 days in a row like there's some days where i'm like heck yeah throw them on i'm going on a duffy take me partying yeah. and yes. then there's some days where i'm like i'm not even putting pants on do not talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then what's wrong with you? Are you PMSing? Which don't know. Yeah. You know, it's just like, no, I'm living in flow actually. And yeah. when, when it's not in comparison to other people or, or in comparison to the lack of education we have around it, then it's like, I am woman, hear me roar, because this is what's going on for me. And I'm going to make an empowered decision for what is best for me today. Yeah. Can you explain, like, I guess, why getting a healthy cycle and why, like, understanding the cycle, how that impacts, like, health and stuff, like, how important hormones are, like, what what do they do in the body? Because I think that's also another mystery. It's like, I've heard of these things called hormones, but what what they do? What What's the heck? Yeah, yeah, totally. Why would I give a shit? Yeah, and um, it it again is just so unfortunate to me how many people I hear that from of just like, yeah. okay, so I'm taking these hormone pills, and what are hormones again? Yeah. Um, and so for women specifically, um, the menstrual cycle and therefore hormones, uh, as I said, are your fifth vital sign. Uh, hormones are molecules that are produced by our endocrine system. And these molecules send messages to various parts of our body. Um, they are important for regulating a lot of different processes in our body, um, including your appetite, your metabolism, your sleep cycles, your reproductive cycle, sexual function, body temperature, and your mood. So again, that's why I say symptoms are signals because it's, yeah. Just, yeah. oh, you like, you know, you could, I've been in long-term relationships and, you know, he wakes up with a boner every day and there are so many days where I'm like, oh, don't touch me, you know, yeah. and there's some days that he's still sleeping and I'm like hopping on him. Yeah. And, and then, 
you know, and it's, those are all of these different fluctuations. Um, there's some days I'm like ravenous eating so much food. There's some days that I'm just like, not that hungry. Some days I sleep great. Some days, not so much, you know? And so hormones are the molecules that kind that send all of the messages to these different systems to get these things working. And so it really is no surprise that even the slightest imbalance has a noticeable effect on your overall health and well-being. Um, so, as I said, throughout the different cycles, the hormone levels do fluctuate regularly. Um, long-term imbalances can lead to a number of of symptoms and conditions. Um, so, like I, you know, I was having a hormonal imbalance that was being covered up by these birth control pills because I was taking synthetic hormones. Yeah. So these, these little pills were, those pills were sending the messages to the different systems instead of my body actually naturally producing them. Um, and so some signs and symptoms of hormone imbalances can include, of course, irregular periods, um, as I mentioned, excess body and facial hair. So um, my testosterone levels were really high. I started having like um, noticeable facial hair, hair on my fingers, um, my toes, you know, and it was just like, I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm not supposed to have these things. Like mm -hmm. take, take the hormones since the yeah. synthetic hormones cover yeah. them. Um, the acne, as I mentioned, vaginal dryness, low sex drive, the breast tenderness is really affected. Um, gastrointestinal problems. So your gut is like largely impacted by your hormones, hot flashes or night sweats, which are both things that I've experienced. Um, weight gain is a huge one. As I mentioned, fatigue. So just like kind of feeling tired all the time. Um, irritability and just ir irregular changes in your mood. Um, anxiety, depression, difficulty sleeping. I feel like I could go on and on. Yeah, and on. I mean, literally <laughs> everything. Basically everything. Is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, no joke. Everything. What would you say to someone who'd want to start like taking back control of their bodies and like understanding and like really listening in where should, where should someone begin that hormone journey? You know, for me, I am a huge advocate in step one being tracking your cycle, mm -hmm. getting to know your cycle, know your flow. Do you use like an app or something or what's your, what's your I do personally, I use natural cycles, um, okay. which I also have a link, um, on my website, um, that if, if anybody is interested in exploring this app, natural cycles, it uses the, um, basal temperature. So you, I take my temperature the second I wake up, like, even if I'm going to hit snooze, I just pop the thermometer in, um, and press the button. And then you hear it beep when it's done and it stores your temperature. So like, you don't even have to like log it right away. Like I still haven't mm -hmm. logged it today. Um, yeah. anyway, the link on my website will give you 50% off your first annual membership, um, way cheaper than even the co-pays that you're paying for your doctor to put you on yeah. control. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll link that too, for sure. In the, yeah, totally. The description. Um, and you know, but even a step back from that, even an easier step from that is I use the moon. Um, and I, so I will go outside. I've, I have found the moon to be such an amazing ally with this, mm -hmm. in this journey. Um, just like us, the moon cycles on 28 days. So 
men, you know, men's hormones cycle on a 24 hour cycle, mm-hmm. like yes. the sun, right? Yeah. That's why they wake up with those morning boners. Yeah. Then, Which is like how our like work system is all set up. It's based off of like a men's cycle versus like a women's cycle. Absolutely. We're shamed for not being as productive because we're not on their same level. I, I just, yeah. I'm like giving you such a, a pause here because <laughs> that hits the nail on the head. And that is the number one thing of why I am doing what I am doing is because we, we need to work with our bodies and we're working against our bodies in like, dare I throw in the P word in this patriarchal society. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. we are, we are, we're, we're no, working yeah. and we are living in a world at, at least here in the Western world is operated on a man's clock and the female and women live on what's called an infradian rhythm, which is a 28 day cycle. Um, and the moon is the best reflection of that. Um, and so and, you know, I, I also find just interesting in astrology that like the sun really represents your ego or like your outward, what you're putting out and the moon really reflects your emotion and like your internal, you're turning inward. And that's mm-hmm. what so much of this journey is, is it's turning inward. And so what I, a tool that I often will give to my clients when they're first getting started or to anybody who's, who's interested in getting started with this is to every night go outside and just look at the moon and see what it looks like and draw a little picture in your journal and write down anything that is feels important to note for you. So definitely marking the first day of menstruation um, for a few cycles, uh, you know, is it definitely important? Um, tracking your start date for several months in a row is what's going to identify the regularity of your period. Mm-hmm. Um, but also making note of the end date so that you know how long your period typically lasts, if it's longer or shorter, any month, you know, certain month, um, recording the heaviness of your flow. So noticing if it's lighter or heavier than usual, how often you need to change your products. Um, if you notice blood clots, even the color of your blood, um, is important. So you're going to get real, real friendly with your flow, um, (laughs) any abnormal bleeding. So if you have any spotting or bleeding in between periods, um, pain is something that I love to, to keep track of any pain associated with your period. If it feels worse than usual, this can be cramping. It can be headaches, backaches, um, muscle tenderness, breast tenderness, you know, any sort of physical sensation that you notice and any other changes, your mood or your behavior, Um, did, if anything like new happened around the time of change in your period. So I notice that when I travel, sometimes my period's a little bit late. And so Mm -hmm. tracking that, I know right now in times of COVID, we're not doing too much traveling. Stress (laughs) is a huge factor. Stress will throw off my cycle. Um, and just, you know, and so kind of tracking it with the moon, if you live somewhere gray like me in Oregon. Unfortunately, sometimes I do have to use an app um, only because I can't see the moon through these thick clouds. Yeah. If you are in a place where the sky is clear, I highly, highly, highly recommend get going out. And even if it's for 30 seconds, just yeah. see what it looks like, write about it in the journal and and just write whatever you can think of in order to track what's present for you so that you can become aware of your own you know, normality and regularity in your cycle. And to just keep in mind that it's going to take more than 
one full cycle. It will probably mm-hmm. take, you know, f- four to seven, I would say. Um, again, everyone is different. I was told once I got my IUD out that it would take four to six months before I bled and I bled four days later. Mm-hmm. So everybody's yeah. really different. Yeah. Okay. That's such like profound that. advice. Yeah. Just like the idea of like reconnecting with nature and like what we used, you know, back before we had cell phones, back before there was buildings blocking the skylight, we could just gaze up at the stars and check out the moon and really like check in. And I've like actually had a weird yearning to like go stargazing because I've noticed lately, I'm like, I can't see very many stars. And you forget like how tiny you are and like the expanse of mm-hmm. the universe. I've been really yeah. wanting to go out into nature and just go gaze at the stars. Oh, I like so that. So here's my you. side. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I support that. Go do that as much as you can and just <laughs> yeah. soak up that moonlight and that, that wisdom. And, you know, and then once you do have an idea of what is normal for you, if you do notice issues or abnormalities that show up um, to play on the safe side, talk to your doctor um, yeah. or yeah. me. <laughs> You know, this is something, as I said, you could totally Google your way through. Um, I, as I have shared, have become extremely disenchanted with Western medicine and the lack of advice that doctors gave me, which is why I do feel so passionate about healing holistically. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you are experiencing imbalances, again, it's because we're living out of alignment with what our bodies are designed to do. Um, That's not something that your doctors can prescribe medications for. That is something that we as women or bleeding people have to reclaim for ourselves. Um, And really in my experience, the journey is so much more successful when we do have trusted hands to hold, which is really what I hope to be in this world. Um, And just a, a reminder that you're so not alone and that there are ways to help yourself. And another piece of this I've seen is the um, unfortunate kind of resistance to invest in ourselves Mm -hmm. as women of like, we've just been so taught to quiet this, this innate wisdom for so long Mm -hmm. that it's like the thought of even my insurance doesn't, of course, insurance doesn't cover it. Um, but to have to pay yet to have to pay out of pocket and invest in yourself you know, I've done, I've done like these flow charts or whatever to talk about, like how much money over like, you know, the 50 or so years that we bleed, maybe less than that. Um, how much money we spend on tampons mm-hmm. or, or even birth control with co-pays and, yeah. and your health insurance. And it's like, you can pay that your whole life and not fix these things. And so I just, if I can, if I can send one clear message through this talk today is just that you're so worth investing in yourself and that the return on that investment is so far beyond what you can even imagine at this point. And it's that reclamation and that return home to yourself and to your own body um, that to me is really, um, just priceless. You really yeah. can't put a price on that. I think Definitely. it's like being more proactive. I think that's like part of Western medicine. That's like, it's just a reactive way to deal with whatever comes up in your body versus like getting ahead of it. And like what you are saying, investing in yourself and like seeing that your health is, 
uh, first so that you don't have to rely on these other options. Like the other options can totally help. And I know that like Western medicine still has a place, but like to not just constantly having to reach to those every time you feel like something is slightly off. Mm -hmm. It puts you under, it puts you under someone else's thumb. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas yeah. like if I, as I said, like if I have a pimple pop up, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I should just like eat some foods to support my liver and just kind of kick up my liver, my liver support. Exactly. Yeah. I'm asking the question, what is this telling me? Exactly. Mm-hmm. When your body's exactly. telling you stuff, what is, what's going on? Yeah. Are I had a listening? question for you about period stuff. You mentioned getting, getting friendly with your flow, which I love that phrasing, but um. Do you have any period products that you recommend or do you feel like it's kind of to each their own? I'm always on a journey to find the best tampon, the best solution to, to manage myself. What do you got? Yeah, <laughs> I am a big, big fan of the moon cups. Uh, okay. okay. What is that? So it's a silicone cup that mm-hmm. it kind of looks like a funnel. Um, it's kind of like a, it holds about an ounce of blood. And so it's like a circle. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's like the diva cup. cup. Yeah. It's a diva cup. That's exactly okay. what it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cup so, so, is just yeah. another, another brand or another one. Name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And okay. so, yeah. And so it's silicone. The reason I love it. Um, first of all, I, I do a lot of like just recovering as I talked about, like de-armoring the pelvic floor. And I think we've done a lot of like non-consensual entry into our yonis, um, including tampons or just shoving something up there. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we're doing it on our own, I mean, same with like those of us who do engage sexually with penises, like there's or even fingers, like there's so many things that we have like penetrate, been penetrated with, without consent of our yoni, you know, there's this That's so interesting yeah. part of my work, even working with like the eggs is just asking permission before anything enters my body, which mm-hmm. is definitely something that can be done with tampons. My, I have not tried um, any of the like organic tampons just because my time with tampons was over well before those became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, most tampons are soaked in bleach, which I don't know about you, but I'm not thrilled about having that in my body. No. Um, and don't they say the actual like lining of your uterus, like is like more absorbent than most parts of your body. So it's like, yeah, yeah if you put any sort of toxic thing up in there, it's going to like take on part of that to a certain yep. degree. <laughs> Absolutely. The other piece that I've learned that was so interesting is that when you pull a tampon out before it's fully soaked is that it causes micro tears in your vaginal tissue, oh, um, I did not wow. know that. which yeah. can lead to so many other issues. Um, also the third piece for me with tampons is that, um, you know, the odor of your blood happens once it, it oxidizes with the tampon. So, um, I don't experience odor with my menstrual blood at all with the use of a cup because it's silicone. Um, it's antimicrobial. So there's no like bacterials growing or anything funky happening in there. There's, it's definitely more hands-on contact with your blood, which is a growth edge for many, many people. Um, you touch it because you gotta, you have to pull it out. Mm-hmm. There's like a little stem at the end of the cup. Um, mm-hmm. but then you like take it out. What I, I honestly, like I take it into the, to the bathroom and I just pour it out into the sink and rinse it or pour it out in the toilet. And I rinse it in the sink and pop it right back in. Sometimes I do it like in the shower. You only mm-hmm. have to take it out once every 24 hours. 
Um, oh, okay. Well, That's I should be nice. safe and say 12 to 24 hours. I okay. do it tw- every 24. <laughs> it also depends on how heavy your flow is. If, if, yeah. if your cup runneth over, take it out and rinse yeah. it and put it back in, you know? Um, also for, for those who don't want to put anything inside of them, um, I know the Thinks um, mm-hmm. period panties. Are I have really those. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, those are, they are really awesome. Yeah. Those are Especially really being awesome. at home more often. I'm just mm-hmm. like, it just strapped those puppies on. Yep. Just chill. And I love them yep. too, you know, and it's yeah. just like they're washable. There's no waste. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of that's another, yeah. that's that's another like a, huge piece of the cups for me too is like no waste. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. That's, I feel like with all like how much like environmental impact, it's like, how many tampons you would go through within your life. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, wow, this is like so much wasted product of plastic container and plastic covering. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really love the cup and I love the, the period panties. Um, I've also like made some of my own um, pads just because COVID and I have time to sew. Why not? (laughs) You know, Um, and just kind of creating those like reusable with fabric, just like Mm -hmm. sewing it and put a little snap on it so that they, I can like, there's wings that wrap around my underwear and just snap right on the bottom and then throw those in the wash. Um, The reason I love the, the things panties is because it's not shifting or moving around at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're nice around it all. So yeah. Yeah. That's, I really like, those are the two products that I am a fan of. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, do you have like any rituals or anything that help you, you know, seek or maintain this hormone health or just kind of manage stress in any way? Yeah. Um, really, I mean, Yes. I mean, as far as like the stress goes, I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. there's so much in that question. Um, I know, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Um, you know, really the first thing that comes to mind is like stillness and boundaries. Yeah. Um, yes, you is. know, we are stillness is really just such like a juxtaposition to the American lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned that we are we are designed to live on that 24 hour cycle, nine to five, get up, do this, do this, do this, do this. Um, We're also conditioned to believe that time is money. And so time off creates a sense of lack. Um, And I have actually found that the more stillness that I incorporate and the more time that I take to refill my proverbial cup, the more productive I am and the more that I can get done. And I actually feel good doing it. Um, So I know we've all probably felt what it's like to receive from someone who doesn't seem to really want to be there, like doing whatever (laughs) they're doing. And we're intuitive beings, especially like bodies with wombs. Like we've got a really special power of intuition here and we know. And so ask yourself, like, do you desire to be that person? You know? it, it comes down to your values and how you want to show up in this world. And so, um, you know, I know, especially as a fitness instructor, um, I don't always want to move my body on the first, like one to three days of my period. So that's a boundary that I've set in my work. I know that I get really irritable with the hormone fluctuations in my luteal phase the week before I bleed. And so I don't schedule meetings that week. 
Um, when you live for you instead of what you think the world expects of you, you're so much more likely to avoid stress and fatigue and burnout. It's really important to dedicate time to doing nothing. So whether that's on a daily or a weekly basis, um, I am a huge fan of morning rituals. I mean, I've got like my nine step facial, you know, (laughs) thing going on and I have a pleasure practice that I do every morning. I journal first thing, like the second I wake up after I take my temperature, um, I'm journaling and I just do like stream of consciousness, just writing in my journal for three pages. And sometimes it's like, I feel so tired and I really wish that I had slept 20 minutes. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, this profound thing that's just come up. And it just helps me to, I say, kind of put a period to the thoughts that are constantly running through my head. Um, And, you know, I wake up early so that I have this time to myself. I shared with you, I got a new puppy. And so getting, Mm -hmm. making my coffee and taking him down onto the beach um, and connecting with the ocean, um, giving myself this time to do things that make me happy before I show up for anyone else. I don't turn on my phone until this time is over. Um, and I also schedule a full day, like Sundays are my day. I am screen free. I am doing no work. I am reading books. I am just doing things that fill my soul. Um, because that is the flow of the female, of the feminine, really, right? So it's like allowing myself to have stillness and spaciousness, which is so not encouraged in our society, (laughs) um, is so supportive to stress, to um, the hormones. And with stress, I'm sure we've all heard of the stress hormone cortisol, um, which is released. And progesterone is just kind of a to quickly cover this progesterone is kind of at the top of the like hormone food chain. And I say that with quotes. So it's at the top of the chain and it kind of, it trickles down and it feeds into like the estrogen and the testosterone and the like DHEA, like all of these different hormones that, that we fluctuate, that fluctuate during our cycle and cortisol and um, progesterone are designed the same. So when you're under a lot of stress and your body needs more cortisol, it will steal progesterone from your reproductive system to accommodate it. And already we need to have enough progesterone at the top to get us all the way down to the bottom, right? When it trickles down through everything, it kind of like funnels through all of these things Mm -hmm. and funnels through all the different hormones. And then when we get to the bottom, we still need to have a level of progesterone there. And this is what causes a lot of the like mood shifts, you know, especially the the phase right before your period, the luteal phase, like the irritability. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot of irritability when our progesterone levels are too low. And so then you add stress on top of that. And, you know, we're Watch being out. robbed. We're being robbed of our <laughs> happiness. <laughs> yeah. No, stress <laughs> is so like, crazy. I feel like the number one killer for not even just hormones, but just life in general. It's just like taking away so much. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And then we had one more question for you before we let you go. What's like the best piece of advice you've ever gotten, either professionally, hormonally, totally off subject? Just, yeah. What's some wisdom? You know, this, it's this such an interesting question to get so broad. Um, <laughs> I to know. Get. 
Um, and really the first one that comes to mind, which has just been like a motto, my, one of my mantras in life is mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel light, it's not right. Yeah. And that piece of advice was given to me actually about a relationship that I was in several years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, interestingly enough, it it was a romantic relationship I was in and I was suffering from um, chronic UTIs. And I was traveling abroad and I met this woman and she met me and my partner at the time. And you know, I went with her into the ocean. I said, I just keep getting these like yeast infections and these UTIs. And I know this was still at the point where I thought I was there to like pleasure this person. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that advice was kind of given to me in relation or in context to that relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't feel light, you're forcing it. Um, I now work with a lot of women, um, you know, these badass, ambitious women, a lot of them who are living and working the kind of like corporate lifestyle, the nine to five. Um, and you know, that doesn't always feel very light either. And Mm -hmm. in my experience, life doesn't feel light for me as a female body bleeding person, unless I'm in flow, right. Unless I am supporting my own, um, unique cycle and really, um, living in flow. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. Very, very wise. Well, thank you so much. This is really expansive for, I'm sure both Alexis and I, the work Mm -hmm. you're doing is really important and you're so passionate about it. And so, you know, wise in the way you convey that to other people, it really comes across well. So thank you for sharing. I'm really excited because I feel like we need you back for more because I have so many more questions that I I know I was just going to say that too. I was like, there's so many other things. We shall plan another round of having you back, but um, if people want to work with you, where's the best place that they can connect with you and find you? Yeah, thanks for asking. And so I do offer one-on-one and group coaching um, that really supports each person's unique journey to returning home to themselves, as I mentioned, through the yoga, the nutrition, the pleasure coaching. We work on so many other things, um, including phase-based rituals, boundary setting, emotional regulation, um, astrology, relationship strategies. I can go on and on. Um, <laughs> the best place to find me is my website is stephlityoga.com. Um, I am at stephlityoga on Instagram and Facebook. I'm definitely more regular on Instagram. You can feel free to DM me. Um, you can check me out on my website. There's also a contact page on my website that goes straight to my email. I'm stephlityoga at gmail if you just want to email me directly. Um, <laughs> find me. I'm so here for you. And I'm just so excited to to support. If, if your ears perked up at any point during this um, and you have any questions or curiosities, I am just so here for you and um, really just wanting to support you in whatever way feels best. Love it. Thank you so much. This was so great. And if listeners, you think this could help anyone out there, if you want to share this, uh, 
put it on your Instagram. We would love that. And we will talk to you all soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.